Welcome to the Lloyd's List podcast. I'm Michelle V.C. Bachman, Senior Analyst, Lloyd's List Intelligence and Markets Editor, Lloyd's List. We're wrapping up our special series, interviewing all seven candidates nominated for the position of Secretary General of the International Maritime Organization. Today we meet Dr. Cleopatra Dumbaya Henry, the candidate for Dominica. Dumbaya Henry has been president of the World Maritime University in Sweden and is in fact a best-selling author of a maritime text many will be familiar with, The Carriage of Dangerous Goods by Sea and its many iterations. So I started by asking her what motivated her to nominate for the job. Well, uh, what motivated me, of course, it's quite an interesting question, that one. Um, I would say that the role of the Secretary General in any United Nations organization is an important one. And uh, of course, I myself have been in the United Nations system for many years, 30 years at the International Labor Organization, uh, where I was responsible for labor standards, among other areas. And also, of course, in addition to that role that I had, I have now been uh, working as the the first female president of WMU, and I have been working as the president of of this academic institution that actually belongs to the International Maritime Organization. And so um, I feel that with my years of experience, with the my passion for the maritime sector and the impact that I think that I can make and help take the institution forward, which is the International Maritime Organization, I feel that I am pretty well, uh, you know, confident that I can help take the International Maritime Organization forward onward and enable that organization really, it is the unique one, it's a unique part of the United Nations system. And I think there's so much that can still be done, and, uh, and, and especially in the times in which we live, with decarbonization, with all of these issues uh, that we have to address. I feel that with the years, my years of expertise within the system, and also uh, as part of the ILO now, as the president of the World Maritime University, I feel that I am, I consider that I am pretty, I am well fit and ready to take on the role of the IMO Secretary General. Well, what sort of impact do you think you would have and, and what could you achieve? You mentioned that you would probably be very familiar with the strengths and also the shortcomings of the IMO. So what, what would you like to do in your time there, if, should you be successful? Well, if I were to be successful, my vision, the vision that I have for the organisation would be one that is human-centric. A human-centric shipping, upholding safety, security, and social justice. That is among the issues that I would. Green shipping is a big issue today. And because we, when we think about the big decarbonization discussions, the decarbonization championing that area, the sort of what I would call championing environmental stewardship today is critical, necessary, and we have to move towards green shipping. That is among the, some of the issues that I think need to address, be addressed. Smart shipping, of course, we are, I'm identifying 
various areas of that. But when I think as well of smart shipping, how, how are we going to promote innovation, technology, adoption, best practices uh, for, in order to secure shipping for the long term? Of course, shipping will always be there because we all depend so much on shipping. The food that we eat, the things that we wear, shipping is indispensable. But how we engage in the ship with the shipping industry, how we engage with member states, and, and of course, uh, these, and of course, with the organization itself, are critically important issues today. I think this is, this is, and we are now at a time in history where our children and our children's children will not forgive us if we don't take the action now and move forward, even on issues that are quite controversial today. The Secretary General has a, has a big role to play from 2024. How are you going to, to bring everyone together? I think I am a big, a good mobilizer of individuals, no matter where they come from and what expertise they have. I am, I consider myself to be a consensus builder and therefore having everyone at the table with discussions on the, some of the most difficult issues of our times and of course uh, we, you know, we have so the decarbonization is one of the big issues. The championing of environmental stewardship is another of those issues. A decade ago, some of the decarbonization conventions and regulations that were approved, it had to be done by votes and not consensus because of the contentiousness of the topic. Is that, that something that you would support in the future? Should consensus building fail? Well, consensus well, consensus is the first thing that we would want to see happen, so that member states could come together and reach consensus on addressing those big issues. Um, and, and I think time is required for that kind of engagement to take place and for all, all parties to come together, whether it's member states, but the industry has to be part of that important discussion I if I if I would go back to voting I am not sure voting alone would be for example would be the right thing to do I think the discussions that have to be held and and, and therefore what I, I I go back to the building of consensus consensus is going to be what and of course, uh, well, in consensus, in the in the in the context of consensus, there is of course people who have their different sides of that story. Uh, but with time, with the engagement, with the right discussions, with the you know, all governments coming together about what the future li- what lies ahead for the future of the maritime sector. But not just the maritime sector, because maritime is on the ocean, so we have the broader picture of the oceans as well. So I do think that um, bringing member states together, bringing uh, the industry is critical in this respect. We cannot leave behind the industry. Let's change tack and move to transparency and accountability at the IMO. Do you think that the Secretariat is doing enough or can it do more? And I'm speaking about things like the fact that the annual report isn't available publicly, that 
there are there are no public broadcasts you need accreditation to be able to um, have access to the meetings opening everything up to to online what what are your views on that um, well, I think within the United Nations system, I don't think this is specific to the IMO, within the United Nations system, the way in which the United Nations system is organized, um, the, it is the member states of the, of the organizations that make the decisions. The decisions are made by them. Um, but of course, um, we, there is within that framework, um, the ILO is a little bit separate from the rest of the United Nations system because the, within the framework of the International Labour Organization, which which I, I, I where I where you know where I was for for, for a good thirty years, um, you, it, it's a different. The mechanism of the I, of the ILO is different. It it, it has re retained the from the the, the um, nineteen nineteen uh, mechanisms. And so that has enabled governments, uh, you know, the industry uh, to be part of the organization, a full part or party to the organization. IMO has a different, IMO came much later, and so it has a very different, uh, let's say, framework of operation. But I do think that the, and I have seen it coming, attending IMO meetings, that the industry is seeking to play a very important role. And I think this is something that should be, um, that, that, that I, in my view, that, that should be encouraged and that in that way help the IMO as an, as an institution, as the institution for shipping. Uh, and they can work with the IMO. I think working together with the IMO and of course governments to address all of these issues and to find compromises that can help take the, the organization forward so this is this is from this is let's say a, one of the perspectives that i see that the engagement of the industry with the imo would be a very important and a very uh, it, it, it would be something, in my view, that would even, that would lift the organization up, that would enable the organization to be, could, that to be as dynamic as it is possible for it to do. Um, and so I would, I would want to look at it from other lens, from another, another lens, a lens that I have seen, as I say, in the International Labour Organization, where we have a very, there is a very good engagement with the social partners. Like most of the other podcast guests, I asked Umbaya Henry how she got into shipping. Many of us stumble into it by accident. Panama's candidate, Arsenio Dominguez, for example, was inspired to study naval architecture because he was surrounded by the Panama Canal. Kenya's candidate, Nancy Karagitu, was fascinated by the ocean when living in rural Kenya as a small child, and a visiting overseas teacher gave her a cowrie shell and told her to raise it to her ears to hear the sound of the sea. For Dumbaya Henry, she discovered the maritime world when she did her dissertation on the carriage of dangerous goods by sea, publishing a book from which she still receives royalties to this day. Her research took in time at the IMO, during the time when the officers were at Piccadilly in London and not Albert Embankment. 
But what led her to this particular academic pathway, I asked. But what made you choose the, the carriage of dangerous goodbye seas as a topic for your dissertation? Did you come from a shipping family or an academic family? What was the light bulb moment that made you go, yes, I think I'll do it on that? What, what brought me to, to that is that I come from by the sea. I come from an island country. Uh, uh, and it was for me. It was extremely important. Shipping and um, our home is right by, the, right on the sea. If you ask me, today with climate change and sea level rise, and, and so f I, it was extremely important for me that I was writing about. At the time I was doing my doctoral thesis, I was writing about the carriage of dangerous goods by sea because I was worried about the impact it was having on small island countries, small island states, and uh, the, uh, their ability uh, to engage uh, in shipping if, of course, there were not conditions that ensured that the livelihoods, livelihoods were not uh, uh, put at stake. So, as I say that um, I have also family members who've been fishermen, um, when from my village, and there's still many of them are still fishermen, and so again, just thinking about fishing, thinking about uh, the the um, ocean that you know, huge ocean we live right by the sea, on the sea, if you ask me. With climate change, all of these big issues are happening, and so I I, I felt that it was very important for me never to forget these people, never to forget the fishers. For this world um, and never to forget the seafarers who all make it possible for us to for the goods that we all need it is the seafarers of this world and that's why i always write i have or i write always about the seafarers of this world and uh, and how much they do for us to enable us to um you know live normal lives and, and in fact, have things that never they would never have managed to have, but for shipping. Shipping has such an important role to play. It is indispensable to world trade. Absolutely agree with you there. And, and you're right, seafarers are probably the most underappreciated occupation in shipping, if not the world. But I digress. So my final question is... You've been obviously doing the rounds of the embassies and looking to to secure support from countries. How do you think your chances are going? <laughs> well, how 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 is it going? I think it's going very well. I think um, I am saying that uh, from the perspective that I think many governments know me. They know me. They know what I am able to do what I'm capable of doing. Um, uh, they know that I am a determined and dedicated uh, to the and, and yeah, dedicated to, and passionate about the things that I do. I have always been passionate about the maritime industry. Um, and it is just for me so interesting and incredible that not only was I able to, I was able to see the maritime industry from two major perspectives. One, from the ILO perspective, but before that, from the IMO perspective. 
Well, best-selling maritime author, Dr. Cleopatra Dombaya-Henry, many thanks for joining the Lloyd Gliss podcast, and we eagerly await the outcome when voting happens on July 18. Thank you once again. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ms. Shane.